bus. How you think? Good. I always I was wondering what the director of Frogman was going to look like, and you did not disappoint, brother. <laughs> Froggy enough for you? Oh, dude, I love it. Well, dude, you made a gnarly fucking movie. And the whole time I couldn't tell. I'm like, is this movie making fun of me or is it celebrating everything I like? So yeah. I feel like it's a little bit of a celebration with you. It's definitely a celebration. I think, uh, you know, our kind are, are used to being, um, you know, yeah, made fun of or whatever. So <laughs> I understand the, <laughs> the worry there, but no, I'm one of you. Well, I'm you know, crypt, cryptids, do cryptids need to be make fun, made fun of? I've been oh, thinking yeah. a lot about this. Well, yeah, it's a checks and balance. Is everything, you know. It's not, though. Cryptids are cool. Yeah, but you need to you need to be able to make fun of yourself a little bit. Have a little self-awareness. Yep. That's what I'm saying. But the culture doesn't. No. Yeah, well, the not. horror community <laughs> is very much the same way. A little bit. The, the horror community is a little bit better. But the horror community and the cryptid community are not exactly. They're like distant cousins, kind of. And I've yeah, been but thinking you're gonna find a lot on that Venn diagram. Oh, there's a lot of inbreeding for sure. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, the cryptids. I again, I've been thinking a lot about it. I've been. I think they're trapped. It's like it's like if pro wrestling never got out of the '80s, where they were never willing to just be like, yeah, it's a little bit scripted. You know what I mean? Yeah, we plan everything, but there's still a lot that's valuable here. Yeah, for sure. And, and right. And it's like the cryptid community. They're still making doc- documentaries about how the Mothman is real. And I'm like, dude, you all have the same tone. It's all one note. And I'm rooting for you, but you're boring me to death. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's all it's all Bigfoot, 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 which I love Bigfoot, but he's like the Batman of cryptids. Like, <laughs> you know, like there are other creatures to explore out there. And to your point, like the pro wrestling thing, that's great because like one of my favorite new cryptids is the Fresno Nightcrawler. Oh, hold on. Yeah. Okay. Like, there, there, like it's been pretty. I think it was debunked like immediately, you know. But <laughs> Fuck, everyone is still just like hell, fucking yeah. He's in. He's one of us. Like he's so much fun. I mean, name alone. That's good. But that name is going to carry you very far. It's pretty exactly, good, right? It's a great name for like the dumbest cryptid of all time. Do you know about the Fresno Nightcrawler? Only by title, uh, because uh, you know. Look. When it gets late at night <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're, you're perusing YouTube, weird stuff comes around. Oh, no. So, you, yeah, the, the Fresno Nightcrawler has, uh, has, has come into my reach. It, I'm, no. I'm glad you mentioned YouTube because there's a whole other thing, and you touch on it in Frogman, where the, the cryptid community on YouTube is very different but similar. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's always kind of like punching down or an, like hyper analyzing the footage and be like, they're not going to Gimlin Patterson us again. Yeah. Like, and it's like, okay, dude. But also that tone in Fresno, the, the, what is it? The Fresno Nightcrawler? I yeah. Look that up. Can you tell me a little bit about the Fresno Nightcrawler? The Fresno Nightcrawler is what seems to be a pair of phantom pants walking around the woods. <laughs> it's just disembodied legs taking a stroll. Um, and as, as stupid as it is and as fake as these videos clearly are, they, there is something kind of haunting about them when you watch them. Like, I mean, anything that's at it, like in the dark, hard to kind of make out, um, is just inherently creepy. It doesn't matter what it is. What, um, what was that horror movie slacks about the pair of killer jeans? I never saw that, but yeah, there was yeah. a killer jean movie. That's I thought good. it was like the sisterhood of the traveling pants, but horror, but I'm yeah. not sure. I never saw it. Yeah. So it's kind of like uh, the cryptid vibe crossed over into like creepy pasta. That's like kind of what I'm getting. Like, like shit that only the internet could find entertaining because once you pivot into a TV show, you have to be dead serious about Bigfoot. Yeah. Fucking dumb. Dude, it's from Fresno too. We're like right there. We're far enough. <laughs> We're where we need to be. We got to get out there. Dude. Well, dude, what's up, man? Anthony, we love your movie. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah. So first thing. Question one. What's the difference between a frog and a toad? Oh shit. Like legitimately, I think that toads spend more time out of the water. 
I think if we're being scientific, <laughs> I don't know, but that, you know, there was almost a moment in Frogman where someone's like, you know, he's more of a toad. Like he's more of a toad man, if anything. Frogs have long legs longer than <laughs> their head and body, which are made for hopping. Toads, on the other hand, have much shorter legs and prefer to crawl rather than hop. Okay. Hell Frogs yeah. are scarier. So uh, toads are, uh, they're little, they're little chodies. They're little chody boys. Yeah, chody boys. They, there's some, there's some uh, species out there that you look at and you're like, I don't even know how you're still going. I don't know how you make it this far. <laughs> there's like, there's sure. ones that are literally just like little dumplings. They can't move. They can't hop. It's like, what do you eat? <laughs> how do you survive? And then there's toads who and frogs. There's hilarious videos of like people putting food right in front of them, and they cannot for the life of them fucking get it. <laughs> like, That's evil. <laughs> stupid ass frogs. I would have said the difference between a frog and a toad is one is better to lick. This well, is true. You know, if you're you're down there on some peyote in Brazil or wherever. <laughs> yeah. No, fuck it. Just it's a boring weekend. You want to lick a toad? Frogs and toads smell, dude. I'm not licking that shit. Also, big uh, big frog friend here. Uh, we got a little boy. He's learning how to say frog. He gets very excited whenever he sees one. Well, frogs are cool. We do YouTube videos. We use Mr. Ribbit for anybody listening that likes uh, Blu-ray Tuesday with Terrell. And I'm a huge fan of Dungeon Synth, and uh, there's a great trilogy out there called The Toad King. I highly recommend you check that out. There's a lot of people who are like, would you shut the fuck up about Dungeon Synth? And then three different occasions, they've sent me a YouTube link to that. And I'm like, oh, y'all get it now. You just need ambient ribbits in the background to be in. You're the Dungeon Synth daddy. Dude, it's good. And honestly, it would have fit in your movie. But that's amazing. He had some good frog tunes in there. He had some frog tunes for sure. Which honestly, it felt not the frogs. He needed the frogs though. The toadies. Not the. That would have been confusing. (laughs) That would have confused the brand. Okay, well, here let's talk about Frogman a little bit. And again, everybody listening, y'all found out about Frogman the same way that we did. Uh, Devin Sawa tweeted about it. I think. (laughs) What the hell was that? Dude, I don't know. I woke up to that and like, <laughs> like my, my co-writer, John, like sent me a text, like of a picture of his Instagram posts. And I thought maybe I was still sleeping. I was like, no fucking way. We're talking ask for the friendly ghost here. <laughs> you shared our poster. Dude. And it's weird because we're deep into like internet world. The internet's been around for a while yeah. and that felt like an early internet thing. Where it's like, well, Frogman's a thing? Weird. Let me tell people about it. It's like, dude, there's so many, like, have you ever been on Tubi? Like, there's a lot of weird shit on there that people don't take the time to share. Right. How cool was it that he did, though? I I can't get over it. I mean, like, there's, we have, nobody associated with Frogman has any connection to Devin Sawa. (laughs) Like, there's no, he has nothing to gain from sharing our poster and, and saying like, hell yeah, this is a movie I want to watch. Like that blew my mind. <laughs> Did you contact him after? No, no, but I do want to. I mean, I think you should be the next mayor of Loveland in Frogman 2 or something. I was going to say. Now we're talking. Be like, hey, uh, help me green light this script. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done derailing. I know usually up top you have a plan for these interviews. No, no, we uh, we were going great. Uh, but I, I you know, well, let's go ahead and get into it. I mean, you know, what is the existing sort of law? I mean, is there an actual sort of frogman community? Um, you know, tell us about how this whole project started. There is. I mean, I guess his his fandom has been scattered, um, but. But one brave man has united the clans recently and started a Frogman festival, um, which didn't exist at the time that we made this movie. And okay. like Loveland, Ohio does not embrace Frogman really. So like there was not a whole lot to go off of except the firsthand accounts, which I think the first one was in 1955, like a traveling salesman. Uh, like saw multiple frogmen. Um, wait, it's always real? traveling salesmen. Oh, wait, I'm shocked right now that Frogman's a real thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. There's, there's been a bunch of, a bunch of sightings. Yeah. God, um, so cool. With the wand even like that is part of the lore, which is, that's the part I can't get over where, you know, like you could understand how like a Bigfoot 
or like some sort of prehistoric creature could exist, maybe stood the test of time or how someone could mistake something else as one of those. But I'm like, how the fuck do you accidentally see a four foot bipedal frog with a wand? You know, how do multiple people accidentally see that? The WB. Oh my God. He's out there, baby. But yeah, so the first Frogman Festival was last year after we had shot. And I was like, oh shit, there is a community. Like there's people out here that are maybe going to care. Um, and the next one is on March 2nd and we're going to do a screening. Oh, that's so tight. Yeah. So, so how many Frogman parades have there been now? Uh, maybe just the one, I think there was a Frogman marathon in Loveland. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. There's a brewery that has a beer named after him. Uh, I'm very excited to go taste test. So it seems like they're they're we're slowly they're slowly getting into the whole thing. Like, hey, maybe we can make a couple bucks out of this thing. It's happening in real time. We're seeing how a town maybe embraces something like this. <laughs> how you know, much do you how much do you take credit for that? Uh, at the moment, none, none whatsoever. I think it's all this festival um, that's making it a real thing. It, like in Loveland. Um, but I sure hope we're part of that story. You know, I mean, we don't okay. necessarily paint Loveland in the best light. So like, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if they actually want to embrace the movie or not. So that, that store in your film is real. No. Oh, okay. I would, I've never even been to Loveland. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. We shot in Minnesota. Excellent. I love that. I really was hoping that that was not a real merch store because it really felt like one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh. um, now They're that I know, dude, like they got that. a cooler mascot than we do. A frogman with a wand. Oh, God. I, you, <laughs> know, you can get these online right now, your own MILF mug. Man, I love frogman. Oh, don't worry. We, uh, we've been telling everybody. Frogman fucks is a tattoo I'm going to get on my knuckles. <laughs> nice. That wouldn't work either. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure all of your future employers would love that. All right. Well, okay. So did you feel exploitive jumping into making a Frogman movie or were you like, it's all love, they'll get it? Um, I didn't because when I, when I looked into it, it was like this town doesn't seem to care. Like there's even people that live within the town that don't know the legend. And I'm like, okay, well then we have, that's prime for the picking. Yeah. That's prime for the picking. Right. But like it was on my list of things to do before we shot to finally visit Loveland. And I just never got around to it. And then when I realized they don't, they don't care about Frogman, I was like, well, then it's not, I don't think it's a requirement anymore, but I am very, very excited to go. And I've been told by by Ohio residents that have seen the movie that we, yeah, if you've been to Loveland, you can tell it's not Loveland, but it totally, they, they say that we nailed the essence of Loveland, at least the small town with the main street and, and all that. So, so I think we did an okay job of, (laughs) of, uh, representing them without attempting to. (laughs) That's interesting. Cause one, uh, you know, I was talking earlier about, I couldn't tell if you're doing like parody or like homage. And the cryptid thing was the first conversation I had with myself. But the second one <laughs> was about like Blair Witch and Cloverfield or a couple of like found footage movies that feel very similar. Uh-huh. And the thing is, you know, Burkittsville was mad when that movie came out and they blew them up. But it was filmed there and it was them and they were complacent where... I don't know. I don't know. Is this better or worse? <laughs> like, cause you like, why use the name Loveland? Um, I mean, you know, we, we, we talked about that. We talked about just like, how about this takes place in Minnesota? How about we name like a new town, you know? Um, but ultimately, and there was also, there was a time where there was no want. Um, and it was really trying to like, you know, as, as ridiculous as this sounds in hindsight, like try to make it almost feel grounded. (laughs) Like, um, and then it just felt like, well, then we're not doing, we're not doing the Frogman movie. We're not doing it justice. You know, it's gotta be Loveland. He's gotta have a wand, you know, otherwise, why are we doing this? We can make it something else and call it something else. You know, I, I love the wand by the way. That's one of the touches that really uh, broke. I mean, again, you're dealing, I still play D&D every week, 
with friends. So I'm like very into like the fantasy world and I love monster ecology. And I, you kind of gave it to me in a feature in the package that I like, which is found footage, which why, why even do in world camera? Um, I mean that for me, like cryptids and found footage just go together so well, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly. Like the, the, the Patterson Gimlin footage is kind of found footage, you know, yeah. whether you believe it's real or not, like that is the vibe that we're all trying to like replicate when we make a found footage movie, you know, like whether you, w- whether you watch a found footage movie and you don't know that it's real or, you know, I think like Dutch that made the horror in the high desert movies, yeah. he, he fooled a lot of, I know a lot of people that watch those movies thinking it was a real documentary. Um, but even if you watch a found footage movie and you know, right out the gate, this is bullshit you still are trying to go with that feeling of like, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is real. Like your mind kind of, and you're like emotionally, you get a little fooled. Um, and so like that just feels right when you're doing cryptids, you know, cryptids have only ever been seen at a glimpse or a blur or a, or a, you know, a sweeping camera move. And it's like, that's all found footage is right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when we came up with the story, which was pretty quick in the process of like, should we do a Frogman movie? Like kind of right away it was like, well, how about it's our friend Nate and he is obsessed with the Frogman, and he's going to make his own documentary going to Loveland to get proof that he exists. Um, it just lent, it lends itself to found footage and I love found footage so much. I've always wanted to, to delve in it and this just felt like the right, the right story. Yeah. Have you gotten, so you mentioned Dutch and Dutch kind of rooted his movie in um, uh, true events and I know that helped really, I mean, with found footage, it always helps blur the line, which I think is the the major goal. And I don't know, I don't think Dutch got any blowback from that. I think people were a little confused if it was supposed to be tapping into that or not. But I don't I'm I feel like I'm looking at the Frogman Festival right now, and I feel like Loveland is ready to start making money off this guy. So mm-hmm. I feel like they might actually be happy about your movie. But has anybody been upset? <laughs> no one's no one's been upset yet good (laughs) like you know it's crossed my mind like well i've never been to loveland i don't know what they're all about is inviting us to the festival kind of a trap you know like are we gonna get sacrificed in the caves um but and really find out if frogman (laughs) fucks oh yeah firsthand (laughs) um yeah no there hasn't been any blowback yet i I thought it was really funny like a cincinnati news station like picked up the story when when like the trailer released and i'm like oh my you guys have no idea what kind of movie you're, (laughs) you're promoting right now i love it um but yeah, I don't know. That's that's my hope is that everyone realizes like this came from a place of love and, you know, fandom for this thing. And, um, you know, if we're if we're going to base it entirely in reality, there's only so much you can do, you know, like it, it just made for a funner movie to kind of expand on it and get a little crazy and get a little Lovecraftian with it. Dude, uh, he's easily moved up the ranks of coolest cryptid because of your movie. <laughs> Yeah, he went from obscurity to Devin Selwa tweeting about him. <laughs> Dude, look at but, that. That's all I wanted, man. I just wanted Frogman <laughs> to have his day in the sun. You know, Mothman's out there. Like, come on, Probably. oh, he crushes Mothman. Yeah. yeah, I. You know, honestly, I, I'm a big fan of uh of Nessie, but logistically, he's just you know you can't do much with him. He's kind of trapped yeah. in that water. Yeah. yeah. But I would like to, you know, I'd like to explore him a little bit more. Now, yeah, because th- there's, a, <laughs> there's a tranquility about Nessie. You know what I mean? Well, he also might be a dinosaur, which I feel like makes you a good guy. Yeah. So Did it's almost think? like he, he has like a protector vibe to him. Yeah. Did which, you, ever you know, see that movie that, um, like starring Werner Herzog? Yeah. Yeah. Where he like goes to look for that. That was, I can't believe that exists. <laughs> I know. And at the time, I remember feeling a little bit disappointed because it's more of like a heady piece on documentary footage than it is anything to do with cryptid or even found footage. But it's really grown on me. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if I were smarter, I would understand how much of a scathing takedown that was or something. I've never seen it. Oh, it's, really? Yeah. It's not, it's not the movie you want it to be necessarily, no. but like once you embrace what it is, it's yeah, I have, it has, a, I have a soft spot on my heart for it. Okay. So you're a, Her- are you a more of a cryptid fan or a Herzog fan? Did you come to that because of your love of film or 
Are you are you a Nessie head like me? Definitely a Cryptid fan first. Okay. And I don't I don't remember how it came on my radar, but when I heard that Herzog like like plays himself in a movie where he's looking for Nessie, I was like, you got to be kidding me! This is because <laughs> I do love Herzog also. Um, Maybe it needed Klaus Kinski. <laughs> I did, dude. I bought that at a bargain bin of Amoeba out here, yeah. uh, like one of the last physical media places, and I the. Um, joy i had where i'm like dude i found a fucking found footage movie with herzog yeah Yeah. not really but yeah it's good okay so how do you feel about like legend of boggy creek i've never seen it okay interesting i wonder if that could have like polluted frogman in Mm -hmm. a way boggy creek's kind of like a faux doc if it were presented by like um tv Mm, like it's kind of like a broad like did you ever see uh the town that dreaded sundown Mm-hmm. It's the, yeah, that's their follow-up film. Oh no, shit. Okay, same. Guy. So the tone, it feels like TV taking Bigfoot seriously, which is really cool. But I, I kind of like the um, the human drama that that pushes Frogman. So was that like where was Cloverfield or uh, Blair Witch in mind while making the film? Oh yeah, I mean Blair Witch was like on the graph of references Blair Witch was at the center of it you know like my 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 elevator pitch is like it's Blair Witch but substitute the witch for a giant frog you know um uh Cloverfield I love that movie it was definitely a reference for me when it came to the Scotty character because what I think Cloverfield does really well and maybe you know this character hasn't aged well but it's a great behind the camera character like yeah you know, for a guy you almost never see, he's there. Like, you know him, you understand him. Like, he's a part of the story, which I can't say for a lot of found footage movies. Like, you kind of forget who's behind the camera sometimes. Um, so that was a big reference. But I did also, what we tried to do a lot was pass the camera off between the three of them. So you really feel all three of them um, equally as much as possible. Um, and then Willow Creek, obviously, huge, yeah. huge influence. Um and digging up the marrow also was another another big yeah. one. Um, yeah, those were kind of the four we kept coming back to. That's interesting. I'm still mad at Adam Green for claiming that digging up the marrow is not found footage. <laughs> like he may deny it now because it's kind of in vogue. But yeah. back in the day when that came out, he's like, it's not. It's something different because it was still like a bad word back then. Mm, yeah. But I like hearing uh, Willow Creek popping up in there. Because I mean, Bobcat went the complete other direction, where less is more. But we get we get a fair amount of Frogman here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, like, was there ever a version where we uh, kind of Blair Witch the Frogman, or was that it, always a? There was a version where the only time you actually saw Frogman was in the the chase in the woods. Okay. Um, and then there was like other crazy shit going on in the caves, more cult stuff. Um, and it was like pretty cool. Like, I think what we wrote was cool, but like we shot that wood scene and it was like, this is it. Like, this is all we're going to get of Frogman in the Frogman movie. That doesn't feel right. And so like, that's when we decided to bring him back into the caves. Um, but yeah, like the Willow Creek thing, I think Bobcat, like, like he gets away with it in that movie because Bigfoot is so already on like everyone's radar right? Like we've all seen Bigfoot. We know what Bigfoot looks like. We know that whole story. So like you can kind of do the lesses more and you don't feel like you're getting ripped off. Cause like, okay, if you, if you didn't get enough Bigfoot in this movie, go watch 20 more of them, you know? Um, whereas this is like, there isn't another Frogman movie yet. I hope this <laughs> people to, to take a crack at it, but it was like, since this is the only thing, like we got to deliver, you know? Plus, I love creatures, so I want I want to see a frog, man. <laughs> now, are you going to jump in there? Anthony, was there ever a discussion? I mean, since we were talking about, you know, the, the evolution of the frog man in your movie, was the discussion ever taken place of, what would the frog man's penis look like? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I thought you were going to say, and that's why I held off on my YouTube question. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, let me could, know each other. I could, well. that, I could sense that coming. Um, oh, ooh. Ooh. choice of words there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we never talked. I 
to my knowledge, which is funny because I put a lot of dicks in my stuff, but I don't think we ever <laughs> talked about what Frogman's penis I mean, Anthony, this, I, I feel like this is uncharted territory, a frog dick and mm-hmm. a frog man dick. Look, Come you're, on. you're gonna get <laughs> if we get to make more frogman, you're gonna get more than than you probably want. Uh, Bring it. But I will say, like, you know, the frogman fucks thing is like taken off like <laughs> so much, which I love. I, I just somehow I didn't see that coming, and I'm so happy it's a thing. But we were in Telluride uh for the Telluride horror show, and this like this was hilarious to me because there was a time where my writer, my co-writer was really pushing for like, well, what if we see him fucking? What if we see him like in the caves, they round a corner and he's just like you know, railing somebody. (laughs) (laughs) We considered it and I kept coming back to surprisingly being me. I think that's too much. And, and that, Uh, that that question was uh, brought up at Telluride horror show in the Q and a, and the whole crowd went immediately from thinking like they want to see Frogman fucks to when John explained it going like, Oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. Good, good call. Leave that up to the imagination. Or Frogman too. Yeah. Or tease it and deliver it in the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's out there now. There's no, there's no question about it. So yeah, we've got big plans for like, (laughs) I shouldn't spoil anything. No, don't. And it's funny because we just dropped our uh, first PR with the uh, Unnamed Footage Festival. And I was done the task of writing about Frogman. I took it. And I'm like, the, the problem is I think there's a lot of nuance you got to deliver with Frogman. Like it is a it delivers on a horror movie. If you're a fan of Blair Witch, you can you can fuck with it. But also if you're a fan of like cryptids or even kind of like. I can't think of a term that isn't derogative, but kind of like intellectual stoner humor. I don't know if that's even a thing, but it's kind of the vibe. Like I wanted to write something about DMT in there or kind of like show up, realize that you're going to get a real movie, but there's a vibe here that is funny, but not a comedy. Mm -hmm. And I... Uh, unfortunately our editor Madeline gutted a lot of my review. I think I had a lot of things where it's like, um, Oh God. If they, if the Gimlin footage, uh, caught the fluke man, um, (laughs) I, I wrote something like, uh, Frogman fucks is a funny way to warn a town. Like I kept trying to like layer in, like this is what it is, but it's also something more. And I, how do you pitch it to people? Like, what is like, if somebody's like, what's your movie about? Are you like, uh, it's it's scary or are you like I don't know, I mean, do you like partying with your buddies and watching weird shit? Yeah, dude, I don't even know at this point. I, I feel like I still don't have a like a handle on who this movie is for, who I can recommend it to, because like there's there's people who have watched it, like, okay, my mom. she's always been very supportive of my filmmaking career but i can tell like she'll watch everything i do and i can tell when she's like oh nice (laughs) you know and like she doesn't get it at all or like really care and she loved frogman (laughs) she sat through it twice at telluride when we all bailed on the second screening and showed up for the q a to her my dad sat through it twice and she's coming again to see it, you know, next week when we screen in Minneapolis. And um, and Chelsea, who plays Amy, her mom, loves it. And Chelsea's like, I was really scared to show her. Like, this is not her kind of thing at all, but she really digs it. So I'm like, if, if you like found footage, I think you can probably enjoy this. If you like cryptids, you can enjoy this. If you like creature features, you might have to suffer through 40 minutes of something you don't care about, but then you will be rewarded. Um, but maybe even it's, maybe it's for moms too. <laughs> well, also, you know, you, you did a great job of, of building, you know, drama and intrigue within the characters because, you know, at the, at the soul of the story, it's sort of about, you know, uh, a journey of, of, you know, self-reflection and self-worth and redemption and all that stuff is tied in there together. And I think, you know, played beautifully. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit for everything. Thank you. Yeah. It might not surprise anyone that, um, we wrote this when I turned 30 and (laughs) hadn't made a feature yet and was feeling like, what the hell am I doing with my life? And should I keep on this, this path of filmmaking? Like there's a lot of me in Dallas for sure. Um, 
Yeah. And that, you know, as a found footage fan, that was another thing that we like, we're really adamant about, um, trying to deliver as characters that you care about, yeah. um, you know, and characters that have like good chemistry together. Cause like it, it, when it works, it works. And like, sadly, I feel like a lot of the times I don't remember anybody in a found footage movie, mm-hmm. like, even yeah. the ones, even the found footage movies that I love. And I keep coming back to when I try and think of like the characters in them, there's nothing there. <laughs> there's just like the concept. Yeah. So that, that was important to us. Now, another thing that, um, that I want to bring up with your film that really stood out was how it looked. So like, what kind of cameras were you using? Because it's, you know, you're, you, it's a very specific aesthetic, mm-hmm. uh, that is, you know, sort of relayed in this movie. Yeah. So I, I didn't want to do a period piece, but I really wanted it to have that Blair Witch feel to it like that. I, I love the, the big budget Cloverfield as above, so below found footage too. And the newer stuff that's being shot on, you know, 8K iPhones. But like my favorite is the stuff that is just so analog that it, it just feels dirty and it feels like something you maybe shouldn't be watching, you know? Um, so, but I knew I couldn't do a period piece. So we had to figure out a way to justify it. Um, so it's like, it's the camera that he shot the original footage on. So it's like symbolic for him. You know, it's, he has this emotional, emotional attachment to shooting on this camera. We shot most of the movie on that camera, the camera that you see in the movie, um, which is a high eight, a Sony high eight camera. Um, and then the night stuff, unfortunately that camera just could not handle like being in the woods in the dark. So we shot most of the night stuff on a black magic 6k pocket mm-hmm. camera and then transferred that footage, that 6k footage to a high eight tape. <laughs> and then I fed the high eight tape back, uh, to digital. Um, so technically mo- the majority of the movie is on high, eight, but it wasn't all shot on height. Now, feeding that back, what was that process like? And did it deliver like the look immediately or did you have to tweak that at all? Um, like the, the process, I was really lucky. I have a buddy who works at like a transferring like a uh, media company. So he, he took the digital footage, threw it on high tape and he also transferred our high tapes to digital. Um, so we got like the best, like one-to-one transfer possible. Um, and it looked immediately, it looked exactly like we wanted to. I did a little bit of like, um, exposure work on it because there was parts that were a little too dark or a little too light, but very, very little. Um, and then another thing is we tried doing like post VFX glitches and mm-hmm. like artifacting and none of it worked. It all felt so fake. It just didn't work for me. And what I ended up doing was playing the movie in, like in real time on my high eight camera while it's transferring to my laptop. And I would just start slapping it when I wanted there to be glitches. <laughs> so so every, <laughs> every glitch of the movie is like a legitimate. That's because I'm smacking the camera. Um, and that works. Yeah, it worked. And it looked, I think it looks pretty good. It looks a hell of a lot better than everything we tried to do uh, digitally. Yeah. Man, that's fucking funny. Now, for a little bit of context, um, Anthony is unlike most um, found footage, like uh, new voices in the found footage world, where normally we have new filmmakers who come from like an editing background. But you've been around for a minute and you're a cinematographer. And I was kind of surprised to see that you didn't shoot this movie. So how, how was that? Like, was that hard for you to give up the camera? I actually did shoot this movie. Oh, you did? Um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't Russell's my crack research. I know, again. Yeah, you know, our uh, investigative team failed me. <laughs> IMDb, okay. how dare you? <laughs> I really, really didn't want to shoot it. I tried. I tried to get somebody else to shoot it, and it just it, it fell through last minute. And so I begrudgingly decided to shoot it, um, instead of trying to catch somebody else up to speed as to what we were doing. Yeah. And I think ultimately, I think it was for the best because there were so many times where I just knew exactly what I wanted to capture. And there, there was like, there wasn't a lot of time and like, I'm just like, okay, just do this, just go with it. You know, like it's just so quicker than explaining it to somebody else, especially when it's like this, 
like free flowing and improv you know, and we're just like making mm-hmm. shit up on the spot. It, it worked a lot better that I shot it, but. So did you come in with rules? Like if it's not exactly how I want it, I got to keep it because that helps authenticity. Or were you making these people like set up and do stuff eight times? It's funny. I like, we had a airtight script, I think that we could like fall back on, but I didn't want to use it at all. Like I wanted all the actors yeah. to read it once and then never like just read it once so you know what we're doing and you know where we're heading and then forget it. And like like every scene we shoot, we're just going to know like where we start and where we have to get to and like see how we get there naturally. Um and and they weren't really comfortable with doing improv at first. And they really wanted to use the script. Um so I, you know. To, to make them comfortable and get the best movie I could. Like I just kind of rolled with what they wanted and what they needed. Um, but as shooting went on, they got more comfortable with the improv and I can see like, you know, cause we shot all out of sequence. I can see the stuff that we shot later where they're just riffing and they're making shit up. And it's like my favorite stuff and it feels more authentic than other stuff. I mean, you can probably, you know, if you look for it, you can tell which parts are scripted. Yeah, but, you know, I think uh, it helps the film. Because much like any road trip you get on, especially if you're going hunting for a cryptid, you know, you're re-meeting people that you haven't seen in a while. You're probably kind of scripted in reality. You're trying to put out your your good self and P's and Q's, and then when you fucking, when the shit hits the fan, that kind of goes out the window. Yeah. So the movie felt completely naturally to me. And I remember back in the day, God, years... Years ago, we used to like almost every time we had a found footage filmmaker on here, that would be like the first question, scripted or not, mm-hmm. because you can you can tell in the DNA of the movie. But you're, yeah, dude, your shit feels so natural. That honestly might be a better way to approach the film. It's kind of just like shred the script halfway through. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad it worked because I mean, I had many panic attacks about. <laughs> Well, you know, so the reason I brought up the cinematography thing is normally it is an editor, like because in the new world, like if you're like doing YouTube or anything, the editor means much more than just placing the story in a timeline. Like you're doing a lot like VFX, you're doing a lot of uh, in like in program editing, like camera pushes and stuff. So you have a lot of control. And if you don't have a lot of money, you can spend a lot of time on post and just really make a film there. And I have this like theory that you can kind of feel it. Like it's not really about the direction. It's about the editing in these movies. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that you were a cinematographer, I'm like, well, that's very different because you have a very different relationship with the film. And you know, one of the earliest complaints about found footage is they're anti cinematic cinematic. Like they're just not. Mm -hmm. And I think now that I know that you shot it, which kind of uh, reinstates my theory is that it's kind of just a love for the craft because that's what we're doing here is we're bringing the camera into the movie. Yeah. So was there ever any thought of you playing the character? I don't, I don't think so. I really don't like being in front of the camera. I get it. Yep. So no, I never, I never considered that. Although it did cross my mind that it would again, like simplify things if I was to be able to be that character, but it just, I could never be Scotty. It just wasn't. I I think you have the wrong look for it too. Yeah. And I mean that in like a, like Scotty feels like he's dealing with some personal shit and that's, this isn't something he would normally do. Right. Where you look like this guy's fucking cool and he's looking for a cryptid. I don't give a fuck. Like, let's just go hang out. Yeah, like I'm not gonna be uh, torn torn on if we're going into the woods or not. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude, the guy that's gonna lead you into the woods. <laughs> yeah, try and fucking end that frogman and take his wand. That's what I would want to do. Yeah, I'm pro kill. Do you know about the pro kill? Oh thing yeah, with Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh huh. What okay. are you? Are you pro kill? Um, maybe as a last resort. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it's like. We like, like he's right here and we cannot capture him and he's about to get away. Yeah, sure. Maybe, you know, are but, we talking Bigfoot yeah. or Frogman now? Anybody. Okay. Any cryptid. I mean, yeah, of course I want the, I want the proof. Right. But like live proof is better. Um, 
<laughs> you trying to enslave Bigfoot? I would, I would like some sort of interrogation process. I want like the end of King Kong, you know, like oh like, shit. Let's you know that up. movie ends up bad, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Dude, you want Bigfoot in New York? You bring him home and he breaks out. Bigfoot takes Manhattan. That's what I want. I don't hate that. <laughs> I would love that where Bigfoot kind of has like the same ability to like blend in in an urban setting. Bigfoot on the subway. Oh, oh yeah. And then he like he retreats, turnstiles. He retreats into the sewers, you know, and then he runs into the giant crocodile. Oh, yeah. There hey. you go. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah. God, man, I'm so bummed that I didn't know about the Fresno Nightcrawler. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like I lost cool points by not knowing about the walking pair of pants. You should you should be keeping up on Fresno news. The dream is to do more in this world. And like now that Dallas has like blown open the 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 cryptid like the truth that these cryptids are real and they're out there, like start the cryptid cinematic universe and like you know, there's there there's a Dallas character who knows that the Fresno Nightcrawler is real, and it's like in his backyard or something. So he calls Dallas, and he's like, "You got to come, you know, bring your camera, help me get footage of this thing." And so Dallas just goes after more cryptids. But Fresno Nightcrawler is number one. That's the one I want to do first. But see, that's that's another interesting thing, like with cryptids specifically, mm-hmm. and and I think that you know. It, you could take it worldwide. It's a, it, it's always, a, it always ties to a community some way or yeah. some way or another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what draws me to it. And, um, you know, cause I think locally there's always some sort of folktale that's tied somewhere. Like where I grew up, I forgot what they called it. Uh, it was some sort of, you know, boogeyman in the woods. It, and then there was, um, you know, it, uh, the, the Rougarou is also not very, Ru- I know yeah. the Rougarou, but w- wait, in the town you grew up in? In Mississippi, there was a cryptid, yeah, the, and you yeah, forgot it. Yeah, because it the name I did, I can never remember the name. What was was it an animal? It, basically, it was very lazy. <laughs> okay. it, it seemed to be a very lazy take at a Bigfoot situation. Okay, yeah, the Ruger was a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I, I'm not happy that you teased me with that. Because <laughs> well, there's not a whole lot to give you. Okay. That's why you know. Fine. Ohio is kind of cryptid infested. They have so like there's more than Frogman. They also have the Grassman, which is like their Bigfoot in a way. Dude, uh, I'm down for the Grassman. Uh, <laughs> I think it's called Octoman, maybe, which is just like this like insane octopus humanoid creature that I think was only ever seen once. But yeah, and then Mothman Point Pleasant is only um like two and a half hours from Loveland also so yeah I Anthony, that's do, mecca. do you know um do you know of seth breedlove and uh, his documentaries i don't think so he does oxana how many has he done he's done like one every year and they're actually sponsoring the Fo- frogman festival small town yeah. monsters oh, there you <laughs> go monsters. yeah i do know small town monsters. okay yes oh that's him He's yep. one of them. Uh, yeah. Okay. You need you. to team up with him because he's come out here. We have a buddy who does Bigfoot Bonanza out here. And uh, I root for Seth. But he's trapped in the 80s, man. He's still like, no, no, the clothesline's real. And it's like, dude, come on, just explore it a little bit. Or even approach it with like a different cinematic lens. Like, um, what what is the – you have to watch this. I'm trying to – I'm stalling to pull the name. Swan song. The swan song of the skunk ape. Have you ever seen that? No. I think it's on YouTube or Vimeo. It's a very short little doc about this uh, skunk ape. And I wish more cryptid docs would invite like a visual landscape like that because it really wants it like that documentary. I could walk away thinking skunk ape also had a wand. Like, and I mean, that. God, it sounds so dumb saying that, but I am caught. I love that from coming from you. Here's the other thing. The wand implies that Frogman has some power over magic or he he's connected to the earth in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think it inherently kind of makes him a good guy because you want him to be like Faye tied in. Like if elves are real, he's going to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And he's going to be in tune with them. He's probably like an eco terrorist. I mean, the WB frog had a cane. <laughs> Yeah, but he's sold out. He's pro-capitalism, man. (laughs) 
That is true. <laughs> he sold out to the big studios. But that Frogman's Frogman is quickly becoming pro capitalism. Uh, if any to help fuck, out the community, if <laughs> any frog fucks, it's that little one with the riding the coattails with that top hat. Oh, he's yeah. having, he's throwing orgies. Oh, yeah, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm excited, and I hope that you really blow open the cryptid world to being more um, genre explorative or something. Like really, just kind of like like your movie doesn't punch down either, which is very important. You're not making fun of it, but you're exploring it, and I think it's I don't know. It might be the best found footage cryptid movie. Sorry, oh, Bobcat. Wow. <laughs> I think you know Bobcat. He does have that moment of um, you that, love Willow Creek. I do love. I have a signed poster down there. Remember, we met him. I know. We met him when he was showing his documentary. That what was that? You met him. I didn't go. Oh, you didn't go. Okay. In my no, mind, I, I, I plugged you in there. I know. What What's that documentary? The the very serious one. Yeah, with um, the comedian. Yeah, I. It was almost like a love letter to his buddy, and uh, I came up with the fucking Willow Creek poster, <laughs> and I said, "I apologize. I didn't. I didn't know what this movie was. I mean, I kind of knew, but." It's such a downbeat that it ends on. And then I had my fucking Willow Creek. And he's like, no, dude, fuck it. He's like, I love. He's like, look. And he had a tattoo of the poster on his arm. Very oh, cool. That's cool. There you go. Yeah. And that's a good doc, but. Yeah. Well, it's a heavy doc. Yeah, dude. And I, was, I felt, I was talking to Oksana online. I'm like, are we going to do this? I feel like scum. <laughs> Bob well, K gets it. He did get it, too. He was very appreciative. Yeah. Yet his movie's inferior to Frogman. Right, put that on the cover. Oh boy! <laughs> well, we'll never get Bobcat on this show. Actually, uh, so you're coming out to us, right? Oh yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll we'll have a pro wrestling moment, and we'll bring Bobcat out, and we'll be like, oh. "Time to fight." <laughs> which which movie's better? Dude, this is such such weird timing because I I just met him for the first time. I was working on a set. My friend said in L.A. And he just shows up because they're buddies and he was just like visiting set to see her. And she's like, Oh, Bobcat meet Anthony. You guys both made a found footage movie. You should talk. And then we just talked like cryptids for <laughs> like 30 minutes Hell yeah. and it was incredible. And it was like really hard not to freak out because like, honestly, I like what you're saying is like the greatest honor ever because like truly I don't think Frogman would exist if not for Willow Creek. Like that was like such a huge like reference point and inspiration for me. Yeah, the world building just wasn't there for me now that I want to be hypercritical about Willow Creek. Yeah. I do think Willow Creek is a movie that will forever be important to in-world camera mm -hmm. because the the you can just show people that one interior camp moment. Yeah, that I think was originally 15 minutes long and it's undeniable. You're like, this shit is terrifying. It's and if you have, if you have an audience that isn't on their phone, paying attention, you got the music loud. It's undeniable. I remember we, we drove somebody home to Milpitas after showing that movie. He was terrified. I had to walk him to his front door. Also, he was, he was blind. Yeah. There you had to walk him because he couldn't see it. Not completely time. blind. Yeah. Well, I mean, when your nickname is night yeah. blind Pete, but he told me I'm scared. <laughs> he was an adult man. That scene and, so good. And we tried, we tried to do that scene in Frogman and uh, failed. And it's on the, it's on the cutting room floor. But like, I really wanted like them waking up in the tent and being like, what the fuck is that? And hearing like croaks and ribbits and stuff before they went chasing him. And it was, it was a mistake that I always try not to make where like, I am such, uh, uh like I'm such a amalgamation of all the, the inspiration and like mm -hmm. movies and things that I've absorbed over my life that I try not to directly reference anything because I think I'm unintentionally going to reference the things that I love without trying, you yeah. know? And like, this was proof that like, this is why you don't do that. Don't try to reference Willow Creek by doing the the tent scene because it's going to feel derivative and it's not going to it's not going to be as good. Just going to come, yeah. Just let it come naturally. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. At the same time, I think genre filmmaking, like really good stuff, is being aware and just ripping shit off. But you got to It can't be the only thing. And oh. I think you know, it took me a long time. That's what I learned from Tarantino. Yeah, just, well, there's different ways to do it. Sure. Yeah, and I think Frogman is a good example of that. Honestly. Because you push the genre further than any other movie like this has done. And yet you have little pieces of all the films in it. So it's like familiar. I, 
Frogman's really good. And I got to say, as far as our marketing was concerned, when we locked you, I think one of the first things was, when is Frogman coming out? Uh, March 8th. So it's coming out before the fest. And uh, normally when we think about that, one, we don't give a shit. We show uh, Horror in the High Desert, which usually hits Amazon a month before our film fest. And we're like, Dutch, why the fuck couldn't you just hold it? (laughs) And he's like, it's not my call. And it's fine. We know that the the thing we're offering is that you can watch it in a theater. And I think Frogman, honestly, it's so cinematic that you're probably not going to end this theater run with just film festivals. I could see people showing it all the time, but normally it's not the case for found footage. Mm -hmm. And um, I was kind of shocked at how in our first wave, it was right up there with Horror in the High Desert. Like it was Frogman and Horror in the High Desert. And I'm like, damn, Frogman, Devin Sawa really, uh, he, he put it out there. Sawa knows. I think Bloody Disgusting even put Frogman before Horror in the High Desert in their headline. I can't, it's, it's so surreal to me. I can't believe it. Cause like Dutch, I mean, what he's building with high desert, you know, that's something any, anyone that is, is doing found footage can only hope to, to create, you know, what he's created, like this fandom, this following this universe, you know, this franchise, like, I mean, that's the dream. So it's, it's, it's an honor to be alongside him. Yeah, and Dutch, you'll, you'll, you'll get to meet him. <laughs> He's coming out to the fest, too. Yeah, I'm stoked to hang out. All right, I got two more questions, but I'm only going to ask one. Okay. Because we're, we're winding down. Um, and the second question would have been a little bit more of a spoiler. So we'll, I'll, just, I'll just suck that in, and I'll find an appropriate time okay. <laughs> to answer that question. Oh, but, shit. This is spoiler-free. You better, yeah, feel free to cut anything I've... I know. I mean, we just want to... The the journey for us was so uh, rewarding. Because you I, don't know what you're going to get out like of this. There, I would like there to be a little bit more mystery. So I'll, I, I will uh, I will uh, forgo my second question. But I, I did want to bring up um, your uh, poster art. If you could just talk about that, because I, I think it's fantastic. Dude, so that's, that's Easton Hawk, who is an incredible artist. Um, I found him because he does tons of cryptid art, including he did this beautiful image of Frogman. It's actually in the movie. It's in the YouTube, the Jeremy J video. Okay. It's Frogman holding the wand and it's gorgeous. And so I just like, I messaged him on Instagram. I was like, dude, I'm making a Frogman movie. Like, would you do our poster? And he was like, hell yeah. And I gave him zero notes or anything to go off of. I think I sent him a few images from the movie and a synopsis. And I was like, just do your thing, man. And he turned in like one of the most beautiful posters I've ever seen. Like I, I love it so much. And you know, he was going for a bit of an arachnophobia poster vibe. Like that was one of his references, which like is is, is another gorgeous poster. Um, but yeah, man, that poster is doing work for us. Like we owe, <laughs> we owe Easton in that poster a lot when it comes to like the hype that we're building, I think. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it doesn't read in world camera. It, right. it definitely reads cryptid though. So my first thought is like, Oh, do people jump in here? And they're like, Oh fuck. It's found footage. <laughs> or are we past that? I'm, I'm so in it that I can't, I can't really tell, but you haven't gotten any complaints, right? No. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it seems like the majority and I, I, like, I look for all the feedback, the good and the bad, like I'm trying to figure out like what we've done, you know, (laughs) now that it's out there, like, like what, you know, what have we done? Did we do a good job? And it seems like the majority of the people that love the poster also find the trailer and are stoked on the trailer. And they're like, Oh man, yeah, this poster is for like a really cool looking found footage cryptid movie. Can't wait. Um, but I'm sure once it's out there, guaranteed that 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 poster is going to fool some people that that the movie is not for into watching it potentially but we have like a found footagey poster too that i think is really cool and beautiful um but you know and i hope that gets used somewhere but uh but most people are gravitating towards this poster for good reason but you know what i mean that's kind of that's part of like the history of film especially genre film is like the poster is part of the identity, even if yeah. it misrepresents the movie entirely, you know, like, so 
Yeah, you're one of the rare guests we have on here who loves the poster. <laughs> well, it also has the ability to you know have some control in the poster as well. Yeah, because that's also pretty rare. Yeah, because you yeah. know we we get a lot of people who have a uh, woman appear on their cover being dragged away somewhere, <laughs> and they're like, uh, "That doesn't happen." I don't know who that lady There's is. There's not a woman in the movie. <laughs> I know that's like one of the go tos, or like a hand emerging from something, or yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, I really I took things into my own hands very early on. Um, to kind of get ahead of things. So like I, I commissioned the poster, I commissioned the trailer, um, a lot of the merch, like, yeah, before, but, and, and rotting press who like is, is our producers, like they've been amazing to work with and so supportive and like into all of it. Um, but we didn't, you know, I didn't know, like we might've gone picked up by a, a distributor and then all of a sudden they're making all this stuff. And I just like wanted to have all that done already, you know? So, so there was that bit of a control, like you're saying. All right. I know you wanted to wind down, but I feel bad. We uh, spent all the time talking about Frogman. Yet, you know, looking at your IMDb and all the cinematography work you've done, I'm kind of shocked to hear that you were questioning your career here. <laughs> like, did you mean as a director or just working on set at all? Um, like working on set at all. I still, I still question it all the time. Like, it's just, it's, it's a very volatile career path to choose and you kind of you know uh some some stability or like a sh- like assured paycheck sounds nice every once in a while you know yeah but um you had to suck your soul from time to time i try that and i just i always come back to this i'm like you know what i'd rather be like anxious and like broke from time to time and like doing what i love and not uh you know a slave to just making enough money I know it, it's tough. And I hope that, I mean, fuck a nine to five. I haven't been at one for a minute and I am so broke and I love collecting Blu-rays and shit and it <laughs> kills me. But I also realized like, I just, I don't think I can do it. I'm too uh, chaotic and too much of a clown to really <laughs> to be that stable. And yeah. the artistic outlet is just, it's so um, enjoyable and I hope that the the frogman. Here's the thing: you'll find that the found footage community is really quick to embrace people, much like the horror community, which you already know. Mm-hmm. You've done Scare Package, you know that's Shudder's embrace that. I'm I'm kind of shocked. Is Shudder? I don't know if you can talk about this, but they like found footage, and Frogman seems right there. I don't know what happened there. Uh, they fucked up, is what happened there. Like, I'm telling you, Shudder, if you keep doing this, dude, Screenbox is going to take you over. <laughs> they do good programming. They get all the weird shit that slips through the crack. And uh, I don't know. I think Shudder's resting on their laurels. And they, they're they definitely regretting. They'll woe the day they missed out on Frogman. Oh, man. I Yeah, I love well, I love what both of them are doing. Um, it, it's, it's, it's cool that I'm happy that Shudder now has a, you know, a competitor too because yeah. you need you need that so like let's get better you know like shutter was just yeah. kind of like you know reigning supreme for a while there um and they're still doing great shit they're they're picking yeah. up awesome movies putting out awesome movies like they honestly they have done so much for horror in the past few years especially especially in independent horror but you know i don't know they you know they have what they're looking for and they have their their checklist i would assume of like you know what is successful for them and you know yeah, maybe hopefully in the future. I mean, you know, we've got the scare package connection, so I hope to work with them again. Yeah, they were rested on their laurels. Yeah, they were. <laughs> you know, they like you said, competi- You need competition. Yeah, Anthony, it's fine. They don't. We have no real connection to them, so we can, uh, you know, you just text us what we should say about yeah, it. We, we can do it. For it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anthony, man, I love you, dude, and I'm. Uh, you know, anytime you want to come talk cryptids or found footage or <laughs> fucking your filmography, I feel like we barely touched it. But, dude, you made such a rich movie that there's just so much to play with. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to have you out here and to meet you. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to hang out. I'm so, I'm just like, I, th- I think about the end of next month every day. I'm so stoked for it. Yeah. And I'm happy to come on again anytime. This was awesome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, 
please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.